0: Asset Arrest, your global agent for accessing the property you can't afford.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Asset Arrest, a podcast about financialised housing, real estate and its impact upon communities, the meaning of community, ways of living and urban space. I'm Laura Yule and in each episode I typically invite a guest to attend a viewing of a residential property with me as we pose as potential buyers. Guests are invited to talk about their own work, to share their knowledge and experiences on related issues and to respond to the property that we view together and its place within a wider urban and global context. In between lockdowns, I only managed to do one viewing, which was the last episode with Sherry Shalmi. So this episode takes a slightly different format and is based on a series of interviews with owner-occupiers of various Ballymore properties in London. I recently came across an Instagram account called Ballymore Hell, whose bio stated... Curated content from Ballymore London properties. Still want to live in one? DM to share your Ballymore nightmare. I've viewed several Ballymore developments, and they always offer one of the most impressive sales pitches. The Ballymore Group is an Ireland-based international property development company. They're well known for their heavy targeting of overseas investors, undertaking extensive property tours in Asia, with the majority of people buying off-plan and with an intention to rent it out. Some properties even pass hands multiple times before the development is finished, the original buyer making a substantial profit. It's my impression that Ballymore are experts in marketing their properties. They're slick, chic and expensive-looking hardback brochures and impressive sales and marketing suites, promise a world of possibilities, a rewriting of history and endless bold claims about them inventing the new London or the new luxury living experience. Rooftop gardens, on-site swimming pools, 24-hour concierges, they sell a high level of living in a safe complex with ample security. A kind of gated community without gates. In 2017, it was announced that they were working in partnership with the Hong Kong-based Chinese Kwok family, who are controlling shareholders in Songhuang Kai Properties. Their partnership includes a project close to the Thames in London that is the largest Hong Kong investment since the UK decided to leave the EU. In 2018, it was further announced that this joint venture would include a £1 billion skyscraper scheme in the Isle of Dogs in London's Docklands, part of an area of East London that is rapidly becoming consumed by overseas investors. They've similarly partnered with Malaysian real estate developer EcoWorld on developments such as London City Island in Canning Town, the Wardian in Canary Wharf, and Embassy Gardens in Nine Elms. Echo World's website states that they are creating a new way to live in London and that they are creating outstanding and sustainable developments that will stand the test of time. Partnerships like these help them drive up sales to overseas investors. Having viewed numerous Ballymore properties, I had perceived various issues with what they offer. In episode one of the podcast, I visit Ballymore development, London City Island, with Alberto Doman. London City Island is the Ballymore development I've spent most time at, as I rented a small artist studio there for one year in 2017 18. One evening, in a nearby pub, I ended up speaking to some of the people working on the construction of the buildings. I was told that Ballymore used the cheapest possible materials and the properties were a bad investment and just a complete waste of money. If you ever have any money to buy property, they said, don't buy a Ballymore one. It's what I had suspected from looking at them, but it was good to have it confirmed by those on the inside. Another time, an ex-Ballymore sales assistant working for a different developer told me that Ballymore had specially made smaller than normal beds placed in their show apartments in order to make rooms look bigger than they are. Again, this is something I'd suspected upon viewing the bedrooms of show flats. The proportions had felt slightly skewed and off. But part of me hadn't believed they would actually go to these lengths, and of course I hadn't taken a a measuring tape with me. Scrolling through this Ballymore Hill Instagram account, it was clear that my impressions had been right, but that these observations were only the tip of the iceberg. I read about instances of them increasing service charges by 50% once all the apartments in a development are sold continuing to increase it every year well above the inflation rates, with many now standing at a 70% increase from the original figure quoted in the sales pitch, ignoring resident associations, the widespread use of flammable cladding that the owners must now pay for to be replaced, and a complete lack of regulation around standards and safety of building materials. It occurred to me that with the majority of buyers tending to be overseas investors, many of whom had never or would never see the apartment, it's only a certain proportion of residents that these issues truly affect. Maybe this is how they can get away with it. After all, a landlord can always just kick out their tenants in order to change the rent based on increasing service charges due to a lack of rental regulations in the UK. Each time I viewed a Ballymore property, I inquired about the rate of increase on the service charges and was never once given an answer. The question was just brushed off. So to contrast this with what these sell to prospective buyers, I've put together a montage of statements from their developments brochures to give you an idea of these false promises made to sell property.
2: Belmont Gym and so much more. At the Wardian, exotic gardens in great glass cases fill the building with nature's ever-changing atmosphere. It is an oasis of tranquillity in the new centre of London. Views that announce you are in the greatest city on earth, we are setting a new standard for the high rise living experience. Natural materials such as marble, wood, and glass are used to stunning effect, their organic patterns harnessed as if artworks. The formal, bold lines of the visionary man made geometry are complemented by the organic, verdant shapes of nature. The Embassy Gardens Club membership grants at residents and their guests exclusive access to the sky deck with Sky Pool and Orangery Rooftop Bar, Maureen O'Hara Private Cinema. Belmont Gym and so much more. Pan Peninsula incorporates 762 luxury apartments into towers rising to 40 and 50 stories, with facilities including an opulent cinema, a health and fitness complex and a penthouse-level cocktail bar. It completes and complements Canary Wharf in every sense, both as a spectacular building and as an outstanding London landmark in its own right. New Provident Wharf benefits from private balconies with breathtaking views, an elegant contemporary design aesthetic, and a wealth of excellent facilities, all in the heart of the Docklands. High Point Village has 600 apartments that incorporate a thoroughly modern mix of affordable and luxury accommodation, complemented by sophisticated leisure facilities, hotels, shops and restaurants, in a landscaped setting beside the Grand Union Canal. But the clue behind High Point is in the word village. It has been carefully designed, engineered, almost, to offer an oasis of come in an otherwise busy, driven world, and to give its residents a real sense of community that is sometimes lacking in more anonymous city developments. High Point Village has been designed to provide homes, not housing.
1: I had long suspected this hotel-style living of being highly unsustainable of course, wondering how the developer could possibly maintain these facilities in the long term, despite the service charges being paid by residents. A gym, concierge, cleaning and gardening staff, security, someone to receive parcels. This adds up to a lot of maintenance staff who are often outsourced and paid minimal wages. Ground floor commercial units largely sit empty, promises of on-site cafes, restaurants, shops and bars typically not emerging due to high rental costs. I wanted to hear about the experience of people who had actually bought these properties, who had witnessed and lived the journey from sales pitch to reality, and struggled intimately and forcefully with Ballymore's lies. I contacted the Ballymore Hell Instagram account and found out it was a number of owner residents of various developments who were part of resident associations and have taken to social media because the usual channels of complaint and discussion had been ignored by Ballymore. They want prospective buyers to know the truth and they want Ballymore to address the multiple problems they are facing and the fact they were sold based on many lies. So I spoke to a number of these residents about their experiences. Please note, in order to maintain anonymity, their answers have been read by actors. Hello, thanks for agreeing to answer some questions about your Ballymore experience. Which Ballymore developments do you live at? And what attracted you to the development you chose to buy in?
3: New Providence Wharf building in the New Providence Wharf estate. It consists of seven buildings. The development is alongside the river and is very attractive looking.
4: Pan Peninsula.
1: High Point Village. When did you buy your property there? Did you buy off plan? If so, were the apartments finished
3: on schedule? I bought in 2013. The apartment block completed in 2004.
4: 2010 from showroom. They were delayed due to the financial crisis and discounted.
0: No, I bought shared ownership through Nothing
1: Hill Housing. Now Nothing Hill Genesis. Do you feel like the price was reasonable in relation to what you get?
3: Yes, I paid almost as much as the owner did in 2004. The property had only increased in value by 6% over a nine-year period. This is because new builds are often overpriced and not a particularly good investment.
4: The price was reasonable. Originally £650,000 for a two-bed and service charge of £4.60 per square foot. Ten years later, The service charge is now £8.50 per square foot and the cost of the remedial work to replace the balconies due to the failed EWS1 introduced by the government will wipe out the reserve fund and increase the already £10,000 per annum service charge dramatically.
0: It would have been reasonable if service charges hadn't been increased exponentially, and if we hadn't suffered widespread defective plumbing, constant loss of heat and hot water, poor building management, cleaning and gardens etc. And if the building didn't dangerously overheat throughout the summer due to lack of proper ventilation. Oh, not forgetting the catastrophe of flammable materials in not only our walls but the wooden balcony floor as well.
1: I know that Ballymore are one of the developers most focused on selling to international investors and do sales tours of Asia to sell off plan. Do you feel like most of the flats in your development are occupied either by owners or renters?
3: predominantly renters.
4: At Pam Peninsula, about 20% of the buildings are resident owners, the rest being people renting from overseas, private investors, or investment companies. This means that a true residence association with power cannot be formed to challenge the freeholder for a right to buy the freehold or challenge for a right to manage, which would appear to be a deliberate move to maintain monopoly.
0: We know that over two-thirds of our apartments are owned by buy-to-let investors and most of this seems to be overseas spectators who have never even visited the uk this appears to have been a deliberate and cynical ploy by Ballymore exploited to obstruct leaseholders in establishing effective and recognized
1: leaseholders associations do you have a nice and close-knit community around you at your development
3: The Residents Association has worked tirelessly to create a community feel. This has been difficult as most occupiers are renters, so have no vested interest in the long-term prospects of the development. This is the common in the Canary Wharf area.
4: No. Originally, there was a residence platform at www.panpeninsula.net, but when the residents started to complain on the open forum, Ballymore removed the functionality that allowed residents to communicate.
0: Not at all. The majority of apartments being rented to short-term tenants with no vested interest in maintaining the communal spaces or minimizing the service charge associated with the dilapidations has meant that they constantly damage carpets and walls, leave litter, dump large items of rubbish such as electrical appliance at the end of tenancies and generally have no interest in engaging socially with others. Do you feel safe
1: there?
3: No, the security provided by Ballymore does not have the skill set to tackle drug issues or potential crime. For a period of three months, an independent security team were brought onto the estate. Security dramatically improved and crime dropped. Sadly, Ballymore did not keep the contract, presumably as it further highlighted their failings and there was no added financial benefit to them.
4: Yes, although there has been more recent issues such as missing posts related to staff for load due to covid and reports of the concierge passing out incorrect keys for apartments and people entering the wrong apartments. Ballymore holds a copy of all apartment keys.
0: Not at all. Our security are totally ineffective, and the CCTV has never successfully led to the arrest of an intruder's. We regularly have bicycles stolen from inside our secure car park, which has gates that are out of order most of the year. The lights in our main square, all five lamp posts, have been out of order for months now. Security staff consistently fail to call police when incidents occur. Do you make
1: good use of communal spaces and facilities?
3: Yes, the gardens are well utilised. However, Ballymore have failed to intervene to keep non-residents out of the gardens and reduce antisocial behaviour.
4: Currently, the communal spaces are limited access because of COVID, but we question whether we will see a reduction in service charge given the reduction in services.
0: The garden rooftop terrace advertised in the brochure was never completed and only eventually opened up as a barren paved the trap after years of campaigning. Communal gardens aren't well maintained and the commercial services promised for the ground floor have hardly been delivered as
1: promised. From your Instagram account, I can see that the working of hot water is an ongoing and intermittent
3: issue. Why is
1: this? Did Ballymore give you a reason?
3: The new Providence Wharf building is the oldest on the development. As a result, each apartment has its own water tank. Thankfully, we do not experience the issues of the newer buildings on the estate.
4: There have been constant issues across multiple developments. At Pam Peninsula for the past 10 years, there have been issues with the boilers failing. The two towers are heated centrally through district heating, linked to three main boilers. There were faults so the boilers were replaced in 2018, but later that year the pipes in the east tower ruptured leaving the east tower without hot water or heating throughout December and January. Ballymore set up communal portable showers in the car park. Followed that they introduced inspections and in July 2020 they found cracks throughout the entire west tower. The West Tower ruptured and residents were left without hot water or heating for six weeks. It puts us down to failings with the construction and maintenance. This will ultimately hit our insurance premiums paid through our service charge and we will see an increase.
0: Ballimore have handed a monopoly of a company, SW Energy, with no mechanism to enable leaseholders to charge the operator. The district heat network system is massively expensive, incurring huge costs passed on through service charges. Factoring this into account, the promises Ballymore made that the system is high-tech, green and energy efficient, offering the benefit of low-cost energy are shown to be
1: utterly untrue. Were Ballymore clear about how service charges would change or increase year on year? And was it incorporated into a contract?
3: No, service charges have increased dramatically after Ballymore took over the management of the development. It should be noted that, as an auditor, I have discovered hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of errors in the accounts. I am still waiting for Ballymore to reimburse all residents. There has also been a surplus on the account since 2014. This has never been returned to leaseholders, which is a breach of our lease. Finally, Ballymore have repeatedly broken the law by failing to permit access to the premises to allow me to inspect the supporting documents relating to the accounts. It is clear that they prefer to break the law than allow a qualified auditor in to review the accounts.
4: Not at all. We were given limited visibility and our accounts are three years behind. We have no idea what the cost of the balcony remedial works will be, nor do we know the cost of the pipework repair or whether we will see a reduction in service charges. They are now forcing fire assessments through Arc Workplace, which is something that has never happened before and will cost 100 pounds per apartment. We have circa 780 apartments at Pam Peninsula and each assessment is no more than 10 minutes. They will likely force us to pay for additional remedial works that will increase the charges. We are held at ransom with threat of legal action at every turn. We are even forced to use a company called Swenergy for our hot water heating and our comfort cooling system which can never be turned off. This is an enforced additional energy supplier that we cannot choose ourselves and the bills are anywhere between 50 to 200 pounds per month. Many people have argued and fought against this, but to no avail.
0: Absolutely not. They grossly underrepresented this during the marketing process. Originally, service charges were supposed to include heating and hot water, but these were separated out later. Despite this, service charges have increased exponentially year on year, whilst BAML continue to uncompetently and consistently fail to produce professional or accurate accounts on time, and furthermore dishonestly attempt to include costs they have previously committed to meet themselves. They make zero attempt to communicate and engage fairly and transparently with leaseholders. And rather than treating us as customers, they show contempt and maintain a dictatorial attitude more fit into prison.
1: Do you get a reduced service charge if facilities like the swimming pool, main door security or hot water are not working for a period of time?
3: No, service charges go up as we are forced to pay for all remediation works on the pool, etc.
4: No, this is the current issue that the people are dissatisfied with. The Pam Peninsula has had many leaks and closed for extended periods of time, yet, year on year, the service charge increases by 10 to 15 percent. There is also a residence only bar called The Attic, which was part of the sales pitch, but Ballymore leased out the bar to a company that opened it to the general public to get revenue. Residents see no benefit from this.
0: No, there are no service levels agreements. And there is no mechanism in place to limit the service charges in the event, the managing agent fails to fulfill its obligations.
1: Do you feel like the service charges value for money? No, definitely
3: not. The costs increase exponentially, whilst the service we've received continues to fall.
4: Originally, yes, but now it has risen so much that it's verging on extortion and makes it difficult for people to rent out properties and make a profit or to attract buyers.
0: Are you kidding? Exastortionate.
1: Are there shops or other commercial businesses on site in your development? Are the commercial units sitting unused?
3: Yes, we have several commercial units and many sit empty.
4: There are two estate agents. We do not know if they pay rent or contribute to the service charge. The 6th Census 5 Pam Peninsula, another off-plan selling point, closed down because they reported the Swenergy-enforced utility bills was too high. They ended their lease leaving a vacant spa on the third floor, which has been closed for seven years.
0: We had no commercial tenants in any of the United for years. We were then presented with a letting agent, Ballymore's preferred partner, Henry Wilshire, who participated in their original overseas marketing program, in the unit which was supposed to be our restaurant. The four-star boutique hotel unit was eventually taken on by Stay City, a mid-range serviced apartment hotel. We do not have the florist or pharmacy that was promised, we still have one unit in the square completely empty, which Ballymore repeatedly tried to turn into an apartment, but were refused planning permission for. And they expanded their management suite to another commercial unit thereby simultaneously reducing the services and inflating our service charges even more.
1: Does Ballymore respond quickly or at all to complaints or repair requests? Can you report these complaints on site or is it a centralized office you have to deal with?
3: Ballymore never respond. I only ever get a response when I start the formal complaints process or contact the property ombudsman.
4: There used to be Ballymore asset management services who you could pay to carry out repairs but well, they move this offering and now hold a supplier list they recommend you to use.
0: No, they are evasive, dishonest and disingenuous in the extreme. Junior management never stick around long. It's like a revolving door. And they have no authority to offer meaningful answers or change anything. Senior management simply hide away.
1: Do you think many of the breakage problems arise from the properties being built cheaply with poor quality materials?
3: Yes, things break very early on in the life of the asset. Ballymore used cheap products to drive up their profits, and leaseholders are forced to pay for replacements.
4: 100%. The comfort cooling system was not flushed through properly when first built, and so there are many issues with it leaking in apartments, and as a result, the system now needs servicing twice a year. The pipes that ruptured at Pan Peninsula were only 10 years old, and Ballymore admitted that this should have not happened. They have great concepts and design, but poor quality, cheap material, and perhaps things are rushed at construction so they do not last.
0: Absolutely. We had countless leaks from defective and poor quality toilet cisterns, which are often found to have been installed incorrectly or with no lead. Because these are built in behind sealed walls, the first residents may know of a problem is when thousands of pounds of damage has already occurred due to seepage under flooring or through neighbouring flats and into hallways.
1: Overall, how has your experience of buying from Ballymore been and would you recommend Ballymore properties to others?
3: The design of Ballymore properties are good, the construction is poor and the management even worse.
4: I would not recommend a Ballymore property to anyone. In fact, hopefully the leasehold changes in the law might stop this, but if you look at Ballymore's website, they are already selling the ground rent portfolios to offshore shell companies. Adriatic Atlantic has now started billing Royal Wharf, City Island, and the Wardian for ground rent, whilst Ballymore maintains managing agent status. This company is based in Guernsey and people question if this is a loophole Ballymore are exploiting and perhaps it's an offshore company they hold. I would not recommend Ballymore to anyone.
0: Absolute hell. I bought a new-built property when I relocated for a career change, thinking at least my home life would be stress-free. It has been horrifically stressful, financially ruinous, and demoralizing in the extreme. Ballymore shows nothing but content for leaseholders, and Merrily continue to operate incompetently with impunity.
1: So there we have it, a view of Ballymore properties from the inside, the reality of the luxury and sustainability they supposedly offer. And by the sounds of it, the lived experience directly contrasts with the experience of the brochure, the sales and marketing suite and the sales pitch. Unsurprising, but surprising that they continue to get away with this. One of the many benefits for them to selling to largely overseas investors and those who are not directly invested or engaged with a local geographical place or community. In doing this, they continually contribute to the disruption of already existing communities in favour of the illusion of carefully curated communities living lives of convenience, luxury and security. That's all for now and I'll be back again soon in some shape or form, but as the UK is now in its second lockdown, this might take the form of a virtual viewing or another dive into these properties from the perspective of those who buy and occupy them. Till then, asset arrest your global agent for accessing the property
0: you can't afford.